Welcome to Iraq City. As usual, this is Ahmed Rasool, uh, the Rocket from London. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by my uh, broadcast colleague uh, Imran from Toronto. We'll be talking about Pearl Jam. Imran, how's it going? Good, man. And how about you? How's everything with you? Yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. A lot of rain recently in London, but otherwise, it's all good, as they say. Okay, okay. Is it still warm there, or it's just uh, pleasant? Uh, it's kind of pleasant. It's warm, but it's been raining the last couple of days, which isn't bad because uh, we had kind of a heat wave uh, a week or two ago. So uh, oh, it's cooling off now. I see. But I see. you do need uh, a rain jacket at times or an umbrella. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think uh, it was ra- it was supposed to rain a lot more yesterday, and for and fortunately slash unfortunately it didn't rain as much. But yeah, we've been going through a pretty big heat wave here as well. Uh, temperatures are hitting near 30, 30 degrees Celsius with. crazy humidity oh that famous humidity which i felt (laughs) last year when i came yeah due to the lakes right you got all the lakes all around yeah um and football started um i haven't gotten yes a chance to see any match what i'm very surprised yeah Yeah. i I thought you'd be like the first guy to watch not only one league but all the leagues yeah yeah. (laughs) unfortunately yeah it's it's just been so busy like yesterday i was caught up in something and uh like i had to get some done for a car work done and i'm trying to get a hold i'm sorry i mean to cut you off um so um you know so i missed uh the uh tottenham and manchester city match which i heard was fantastic i saw the scores and i was like oh wow this is this is a crazy game Oh uh, yeah, unfortunately I missed that too. Yesterday was a bit of a busy day for me, um, so I missed that game. But I did catch the Arsenal game, which was I was very happy with. Yeah, yeah. So they they I think they trounced all over their uh, opponent, right? Uh well, it was two one victory, but it was uh, it was comfortable, you could yeah. say. You know, Lacazette as usual, mm-hmm. Aubameyang, yeah. the most deadly combination, man. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's starting. It's uh, it's what was lacking. Last year, now it's starting to come together. No doubt. They definitely got a lot of uh, defensive uh, players, so mm-hmm. hopefully they'll make the difference. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the football season started, but uh, let's get into some uh, some of the recent listening. Uh, what have you been listening to uh, over the last couple of weeks? So um, what I've been listening to for the last couple of weeks, and it's, it's actually um, – it was uh, uh, a um, – Suggestion from you is the Mikhail Hassan band. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, what are your thoughts? How did you find it? Well, I don't want to get too much into it because the reason I don't want to get too much into it is because I think it deserves a podcast on its own. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. So just from saying that, you can kind of tell that I was very impressed. Yes. Yeah, so was I. I mean, uh, like you, it's... Uh, it's new. It's not new in terms of info. Like someone actually gave me the CD a long time ago, but I was too young and too, um, I wasn't into that type of music at the time. Yeah. So I was like, ah, what is this? You know, and I just kind of threw the CD away. Right. It was their first CD. Um, but yeah, most recently I've been listening to a lot of Pakistani music, uh, as you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that was one of the bands that really, uh, really struck a chord mm-hmm. with me. Uh, so I, I'd be excited to do a podcast about that as yeah, well. I yeah, think it's, definitely, yeah, definitely a good idea. We should do that. Yeah, I think because it's such a, it's a, I, I think it's unique in its sound. You know, it's nothing like I've heard ever before. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of, both of us recently also checked out Abda Barveen. Yes, um, we did. Yeah, I mean, I was very impressed. What, what are your thoughts? Well, so I listened to Abda Barveen when she was uh, she was doing uh, she did some Coke Studio songs. She comes from the Kawali background, so yes, I yeah. got to listen to her uh, a couple of her Coke Studio songs, and so you know you had like live instrumentals going on. Um, so given that. It gave her voice a, um, I, I want to say like, it made her voice more lush, right? Her songs more mm. lush. And it was just like, it was just a perfect combination because um, the thing with, uh, and maybe you can correct me if you're, if I'm wrong, I always felt that there is a, um, there's a stop and go process in Kawali songs, right? Yeah. They can be very long as well. Yeah. Um uh hard to digest at yes. times so uh, yeah i was the same as you like i came through coke mm-hmm. studio first so that's interesting and then i went and uh checked out right other stuff. right um and then i found out that my dad and my khala are huge fans which i didn't know yeah before. interesting huh? so a nice little family yeah. connection there but um yeah yeah so yeah that's pretty cool i mean uh, that's certainly uh very unique to pakistan that type of yeah. music uh, Nusra Fatih Khan, of course um, another uh, artist I've been checking out recently that I've been impressed by. Very true. Very true. Um, you know, uh, along with uh, some other bands like Strings and um, uh, right. Nuri and Aro, more contemporary uh, rock bands from Pakistan. So it's been very Pakistani music right. listening for the last uh, for the last month yeah. or so, actually. Um, aside from our subject matter, of right. course. So I don't want to get too much into um, you know Strings as well because I think. Uh, uh, I think I told you, like, one of my all-time favorite albums is Strings 2. And, um, right, yeah, yeah. and you know, I think it'd be fun that we can kind of uh, go through that album and probably go through their, um, you know, entire catalog, it's, which is impressive. It's actually very impressive. But you can, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think they've gotten away from their rock roots. And instead of going mm. to a traditional sound like say um a Mikhail Hassan band they've went towards a more Bollywood sound that's yeah that's definitely a, something uh, a podcast that we need to do as well so uh yeah that's another one I'd be potentially excited about yeah All right. uh anything else uh, on the listening aside from uh... no actually that's that's pretty much it you know um cool those were you know those were some of the topics that uh, I mean those are some of the things that I've been listening to um I, I think, uh, you know, as we do this podcast and as we both go through catalogs, go, go through songs, we get exposed to more music, and which I think is so much fun now. Absolutely, absolutely. It's um, Yeah, that's exactly what happened and continues to happen uh, as we do this. Uh, so, okay. So without further ado, let's, let's get into Pearl Jam. Um, just a note, we will be covering only the first 10 years of Pearl Jam. Um, and then potentially do a follow-up episode some in the, in the future. Um, so yeah, so Pearl Jam is obviously uh, you know a great favorite of both of ours. And mm-hmm, that's true. It's uh, it's been great kind of revisiting some of the some of the stuff, um, right? And some of the previous bands that are connected to it. Yeah. So uh, before we get started, I want to ask you uh, mm. because I I don't understand because uh, I don't I don't think I quite know where the rankings for you personally are as far as your pantheon of rock bands because I know 
like a kind of a general idea. It's like uh, Oasis, Guns N' Roses, and Pearl Jam. Is that true or false? Uh, no, Oasis are not in the top five, but um, I would go Guns N' Roses one, Pearl Jam at two. Mm-hmm. So very high. Beatles okay. at three. Um, and Nirvana at four. Those are my top four. And then I haven't really thought about it after that. But okay. you know, Led Zeppelin, Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't even think right now. But, uh, you know, are just some of the names. Okay. Uh, Ramones, the Ramones definitely are up, probably number five, I guess. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so it's very high for me. It's like my second favorite band, you know, um, I really uh, love this band. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think uh, I think this is a great time to get started. So, um, Emma, because I wanted you to get uh, tell us a little bit about the history uh, of Pearl Jam, especially how they got started. Like, uh, you know, we're talking about like Mother Love Bone and Green mm-hmm. River. So, give yeah, us a little background sure. on both bands. Yeah, for sure. So, Green River was formed in 1984 and uh, contained mm-hmm. Stone Gossard, um and Jeff Amen. Ament, Ament, <laughs> however you say it. Um, they were in that band, um, and uh, you know that was in 1984. Um, unfortunately, that band broke up. Um, they had an album called Rehab Doll, um, and then Stone and uh, Jeff went into Mother Love Bone with uh, Andrew Wood, mm-hmm. um, which uh, you know they just completed their album when Andrew Wood passed away. Um, once he passed away, a group of his friends, including Stone and Jeff, wanted to do um, like a tribute song. Uh, that became an album with uh, Chris Cornell, um, you know, Jeff Stone, um, Mike McCready, who was a friend of uh, Stone Gossard, who's uh, mm-hmm. who will be a Pearl Jam, Matt Cameron, which who was the Soundgarden drummer. Um, and of course, Eddie Vedder, who was invited to uh, make an album, which was uh, called Temple of the Dog. Um, and then from Temple of the Dog, um, you have the core of Pearl Jam, right? So you have Jeff, Mike, mm-hmm. Eddie, um, and uh, Stone. And uh, yeah, they got Dave Krusen and they formed uh, Pearl Jam from there. So uh, quite a long. <laughs> So yeah, for Jeff and uh, Stone, like three a three band mm-hmm. jump just to get the Pearl Jam. But. Right, right. Um, now you got to listen to the entire. Uh, d- uh, did you listen to the entire discography of, of uh, Green River, or just a few of the songs? I did. So I listened to their album Rehab Doll, their EP. Um, okay. And I think that's all there was. And then 1987 was Mother Love Bone, their album Apple. I listened to as well. Um, mm-hmm. Track, yeah. Yeah, so give us just some quick thoughts. What did you think yeah. of uh, both albums? Uh, you know what? I didn't like Green River. Okay. Um, because I didn't like the singer, um, I tried <laughs> to okay. listen to the songs, uh, but I just it was very difficult. Um, I thought the guitar work was pretty cool, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense because they like Pearl Jam. So you have Pearl Jam's core right there, right? Yeah. So really cool guitar work. You know, they're one of the pioneers. The sound is great. But the singing put me off. Um, and I even tried Mud Honey, which was the uh, Green River Singers' other band, which had some success. Right. And same thing. Like, it was the singer, you know, because I just wanted to see, is it the singer? What do I not like? And it was just the singer's voice that I didn't dig. Um, right. And then Mother Love Bone, which is formed in 1987. 
this one I actually liked quite a lot. Okay. Quite a lot. Nice. Interesting. And I was very surprised because I didn't know Andrew Wood was such a good singer. I didn't really hear a lot of his stuff. Um, yes. So I listened to their album, which was Apple. Um, and uh, there were quite a few songs I liked, including uh, This Is Shangri-La, Stardog Champion, and Crown of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked pretty much the whole album. And if he had not died, I'm pretty sure there would have been a huge, huge rock band. Yes. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, um, going back, and I and I and I have to agree with you. Uh, his voice is completely different from Eddie's. Yes, yeah. And um, I think the band worked around that as well because even the band sounds different in Pearl Jam as it does, opposed it does. to Mother Love Bone. Yeah. Um, great, it, you know, like you, I think there's a lot of great songs on it. There's more uh, compared to say Green River. It was more. There's better stru- song structures, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more accessible. Yes. A little bit more on the pop side. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then, so as as we were talking about this, like Temple of Dog, Temple of the Dog is the wow. album that kind of you know got Pearl Jam rolling, and yeah. and Soundgarden, I guess. Yeah, Soundgarden too. Well, actually, Soundgarden already had. They were already there? Okay. They were already there. They were like, uh, they wanted to, they started probably 86, 87. A couple of EPs oh, came okay. out. Um, so, yeah. They, yeah. So, Soundgarden had started already, but they were, the members of Soundgarden were very good friends with the Stone Gossard and uh, wow, Jeff Hammond. Yeah. And th- this was a very small, tight group of friends from Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they all just wanted to pay tribute to Andrew Wood, mm-hmm. which were another, another friend of theirs. So all these guys are linked, right? Like all these guys, yes, um, they- I think some of the Nirvana guys maybe and uh, mm-hmm. others, the whole the whole scene, the whole grunge scene is kind of interconnected with Seattle, right? Right. So, yeah. Um, um, I just wanted to add, um, I enjoyed Temple of the Dog. Uh, one of my, you know, it's a great album. And, I, and unfortunately, I, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And unfortunately, I only heard it in 2013. And I was meaning to hear it for so long, but I just got a hold of it in 2013. Mm. And, um, you know, obviously, Hunger Strike, great song. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Chris Cornell, Nettie Vetter, you can't go wrong. Oh, you man. can't go wrong with it. Yeah. So, you want to get started? Let's go with the albums. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, the, so the first album, uh, Pearl Jam's first album was called 10. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, why don't you start ahead? Like, what are your uh, thoughts on the album? Favorite songs? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'll start off with two parts to this. Um, I would say by 1994, I was, I was just hooked onto Pearl Jam. Um, and I think it was that time, wow. you know, I think um, the, I, I I liked Guns N' Roses. I really loved Guns N' Roses. I loved Metallica. But yeah, there was something about Pearl Jam when I looked at it, them as a band. I was like, oh, they look like me. And what I mean by that is uh, when you watch their videos, the guys were wearing baseball hats, shorts, right. you know, Air Jordan sneakers. Toronto. Flannel shirts, flannel shirts, <laughs> and uh, and if you looked at Guns and Roses, they were like in leather pants and um, 
super long <laughs> yeah. hair. Like it, they just didn't even right. look like me. They just looked yeah, like yeah, yeah. people, <laughs> like weird people. Rock stars, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they actually, yes, yes, they look like rock stars. Uh, so that was the first thing that caught my eye. Um, and it, even as a teenager, like 10 was a complex album. I really did not understand what was going on with that album. Hmm. Right? Like it was just, uh, I was like, oh, okay, this is a cool sounding album. This is cool. I like Alive. That's a great song. One of my favorite songs. But I just didn't really understand what it was really about. As I got older, I began to understand. I was like, oh, this is so much better than what I had thought it was. I actually liked it from the beginning, but this has gotten so much better. So it's a it's a very personal album for me. Mm. You? Yeah, for me, it was much later. I got into uh, most rock music uh, in the 2000s where um, I went to college with a guy who was a lot older than me who was, uh, you know, whose brothers were session guitarists and he had a huge record collection, Pearl Jam and Temple Dog and Soundgarden. Some of the stuff he gave me, you know. Um, so it was all kind of like new to me. Um, so I heard mm-hmm. 10 in like 2000, 2001, a lot uh, later. Um Right. And it immediately struck a chord because A, it was fresh. I haven't heard Pearl Jam before uh, right. at that point. Um, it just, uh, I love the whole album. It just, uh, I couldn't believe like, whoa, this is this new, even though they've been old by that time, but this, this band yeah. discovering is really exciting. Uh, Alive was my favorite, of course, you know. And I, I would say I love every song on the album, so I can't even pick three or four. It's just... Yeah. Almost perfect, you know, like almost to like Appetite for Destruction, you know, maybe mm-hmm. Nevermind and this, uh, and then maybe a couple of Beatles albums, which are just like perfect albums. Yeah. You know, this is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, going back, I think they went through like a whole live phase. They were playing live everywhere. And I remember one particular, and I think I'd mentioned this to you yesterday, about and I gotten a videotape of the MTV Awards from 1992, I believe. Mm. And um, in that particular video, they got you know, Pearl Jam was like, okay, so in that concert, a whole bunch of bands were there. There's Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, Guns N' Roses played live, Def Leppard played live. This is the one Guns N' Roses where they played with Elton John. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. And yes, exactly. And I remember, you know, just watching that, and I was like, "Oh, there's so many cool bands." <laughs> but the one thing that stuck with me was Pearl Jam and um, Neil Young when they played "Rockin' in the Free World." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, and it yeah. just. Like I knew from that was like one of those memorable things that for me. Yeah, that's where, funny. You know, yeah, that's that, yeah. That got me into Neil Young actually. <laughs> right, right. Because right, I loved yeah, Pearl Jam already, yeah. and then I saw I saw that later, and I was like, oh, this Neil Young guy's pretty good. And then went I went through his catalog. Yeah, exactly. So for for me, for me, it set the precedent. Oh, this is the kind of rock music that I love. It was uh, earnest. It was, um, you know. Raw, um, raw, and very raw. Um, there, uh, and it just clicked on so many different levels, and I was like, "Wow, these guys are really good." Yeah. And it just kind of—I think it set the precedent of how I was going to listen to 
rock music going forward. That's uh, quite an impact then. Yeah. <laughs> Just from one. It was, it was. Yeah. And um, Pearl Jam, yeah. yeah. I think for me, I don't, you know, like I, I don't really pay attention sometimes. And what happens is like, you know, like you're sitting at home or you're doing something and you're like, okay, I'll put on a rock album. I'm going to put on some music or something like that. And you don't even realize it that you've been listening to the same band for many, many years. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, for me, I never realized how much Foo Fighters I listened to. I never realized until, like, even now when I'm looking back and we, and for research for this particular uh, for this particular um, podcast, going back, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize how much Pearl Jam I listened to. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you kind of, uh, yeah, you don't really measure it, right? You just listen to music. No. And then yeah, you, later that you kind of look back and say, well, hmm. Yeah. It's one of those situations. You're like, oh, I like that album. I want to put that on. And you don't realize like, oh, you like that album so much that you've been putting it on a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now moving on to Versus. Uh, tell me your thoughts about Versus. Uh, yeah, I really uh, I dug Versus quite a lot too. Um, and it was another one where uh, I was listening in the order it was made. So the guy who was supplying me was you know, giving me one album at a time. <laughs> on purpose so i go through the whole catalog um i really like verses i really like go daughter blood dissident uh rear view mirror mm-hmm. and my favorite song off the album elderly woman behind a counter of a small town or whatever. right <laughs> um yeah it showed a kind of expanded uh it was kind of like 10 but with a little more acoustic stuff in there and range yep. um similar a few dark songs a few fun songs a few quick songs mm-hmm Kind of like a mixed bag of uh, their talent. Um, yeah, another amazing album, man. Like, I really dug it. Uh, yeah. What about you? Uh, well, so for me, there's two things. Uh, it's one of my favorite albums to revisit. And I, what I mean by revisit is like, you know, every few months I'm like, uh, you know what, I want to listen to Verses. And it's just, the it, it, again, what you had mentioned before, it's such a raw sound. And one of the reasons it's so raw is that they record live. Yeah. So yeah, you get that feeling like, oh, this sounds like they're it's in a concert or something. And for me, like a lot of the songs, just the right amount of hard and fast, you know, again, going back to daughter, elderly woman behind the counter. These are one of my favorite slower, more acoustic songs. Yeah. Without, without, without. So uh, for me, both of them, uh, both, uh, you know, both those album songs are great. And this is like the first time I heard like a slower song that wasn't a ballad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there seems to be a story behind each song, right? It's not mm-hmm. just uh, seem very personal. A few are quite dark. A few are quite personal, you know. Right. You know, um, even that's how they started off. Like, you know, even with Jeremy, you know, about suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why go and in this album, you know, blood and elderly woman, etc. Uh, yeah, seem very personal songs, and it has that hint of mystery where you don't know exactly what it's about, mm-hmm. which makes it a little bit more um, fun to consume, at least for for me personally. Yeah, I, I it's um I don't know maybe you can uh, give me a maybe you can yeah I don't know if you felt the same way, but it was a good companion piece to ten. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It could have been like a double CD, and this is a CD too. Yeah, know, that kind of. 
and it's in the same vein. It was done really well. All in all, I can never say anything bad about Versus. I really, truly enjoyed listening. Yeah, absolutely. I would mirror those sentiments, you know. Really, a really solid album. Right. Sweet. Um, so the next one was uh, where they kind of changed track a little bit, uh, called Vitology. Yeah. I believe this is the one that won a Grammy too, right? If I'm not mistaken. I think they uh, did. I'm not I sure. Think. I have to go back and check uh, that out. I mean, it was, yeah. Uh, very critically acclaimed. Um, some people loved it. Some people didn't like it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I would have to say that I listened to this album twice. And not because I genuinely liked it, <laughs> more in terms of like, what is this album saying? And uh, <laughs> yeah. it was the, like you had mentioned before, it was an experimental stage. Um, you know, the song Bugs on this is a yeah. very strange song. And I think this was coming, This was it sounded so much like something out of the, uh, you know, Yellow Submarine or... Beatles. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Right away, I thought it was the Beatles, and I thought it was such a, oh, it's very different. And he's Eddie Vedder's a huge Beatles fan. He loves the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, uh, I wasn't sold. I just thought it was a very disjointed album. Not to say that it wasn't bad. Uh, I did like uh, songs like Codroy and Better Man. Um. I think Better Man for me is like very ominous with the '90s. Yeah, yeah, I would agree, and uh, I think that that song alone spawned like 30 rock bands. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> Not just Pearl Jam, but that song's like, okay, this is going to be a template. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? that is so true because I think um, everybody wanted to emulate that voice, and it's one of those things. And I remember, and once we get to you know the next album no code i remember my friends had started to check out of the pearl jam fan the fan base i remember yeah. distinctively my friends were like oh this isn't this isn't working for us because uh, pearl jam was starting to become more challenging to listen to yes uh, yeah. there's no hooks there's no you know um, you know, catchy songs anymore. They weren't putting out any videos. Um, they were challenging mm -hmm. the uh, audience. And I think, and, you know, people generally, you know, like a big, it's really weird to see a big band do this kind of stuff. You know, it's like, okay, now we're just going to do something completely left field. And, and it's another thing I want to point out is that you don't have to make electronic bleeps and bloops to make a challenging album. Mm, Radiohead. Right? <laughs> you can just do it with, yeah, Radiohead. That's a good example. Uh, and you can just do it by having, you know, just the regular instrumentations and regular songs with, you know, challenging lyrics and just, you know, song structures that don't have hooks, that don't have, you know, chorus mm. and, you know, the, the formula at all. Uh, yeah, for me, I actually really liked it. I liked the experimentation. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously, I didn't like stuff like Bugs. I just thought, oh, this is just some Beatles mm -hmm. wannabe stuff. But uh, I really dug Spin the Black, Black Circle, Nothing Man, uh, Corduroy, um, Better Man, and Immortality, um, especially Corduroy, which is one of my right. favorite songs ever. Um, 
and just looking it up. So they won the Grammy for the song Spin the Black Circle Best yes. Hard Rock Performance. Not for the album. Um, the album was nominated, but yeah. So it was just that song they won for. Um, but yeah, I just thought, you know, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. It was like an experimentational album. So I just took it as that, right? And I just picked the songs mm-hmm. I liked. Um, but I agree, it wasn't easy to listen to that directly after yes. listening to verses, especially because I was listening in the same at the same right. time, roughly, right? Like maybe even just one week or two weeks mm-hmm. uh, separating each album's listening. So for the first time, so I was like, "Oh, what the hell?" Yeah, Pearl Jam? yeah, okay. I, yeah. Well, all right, exactly. Let's see what they think. I think <laughs> somebody that went from. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, yeah. No, I was just saying what you said earlier mm-hmm. completely makes sense. Like if you're a huge program fan at that time and then you hear this, you kind of think, wait, yeah. what happened to my band? And that, and I think that's that's really interesting that you went through all three albums right one after. And I did the same thing actually. And I did it about 2000. To, I want to say 99. Yeah, I, I think about summer yeah. 2000. That's when I did it. Like there was an, yeah. Yeah, same. And there was an entire same. summer where I heard all four, I want to say, all five albums at the same time. And I was like, for me, Vitology is like one of their weaker albums compared to Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. was coming after. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Even though I like it, I think more than you, but I still agree with that because what came after was just uh, so much better. Now, moving on to No Code. I'm going to... I'm going to be honest with you. Mm, the yeah. fir- My friends by then had checked out completely. They were no more Pearl Jam fans. They had moved on to some other rock bands that were, I would say, questionable at best. Um, uh, <laughs> for some of my fans, actually, some of my friends had actually, at that point, had stopped listening to new music as well. And they listened to the same you know, okay. Smashing Pumpkins albums, Nirvana albums, uh, Beastie Boys, and like they had, that yeah. point had stopped by that by then, and um, uh, from and I and you know, initial so No Code had a bad rep already, and when I got to it, I remember the first time I listened to it, I'm like, there's no hooks, there's nothing, I can't feel this album, and. I never, and I was meaning, and I've always wanted to revisit it for so long, so long. I've, and this was the first time I actually got a chance to revisit it. And I think it's almost been 15 years since I wanted to revisit it. Yeah. So, wow. And I don't know. I mean, you get lazy, you forget, and you know, you never get that chance. So now I got a chance to revisit it. And I have to say that I listened to it twice. That's how much I love this album. For sure, man. That's uh, interesting. What uh, what did you love about the album? A few songs, maybe, or a certain sound. You want to? Yeah. So now, now let's get let uh, because it ties in kind of the history of how the band was progressing. So this this album came right after Dead Man Walking uh, soundtrack was released. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. So Eddie Vedder at this time had a chance to work with Nusut Fateli Khan. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And sure. now, before, if the lyrics were about, you know, depression, alienation, dealing with fandoms, um, you know, somewhat of a, of, of, um, I want to, 
I don't want to diminish anybody else that has gone through those emotions, but at the same time, it's very self-centered, right? Yeah. Now it's gone to a more like, because I was like, there's something different about this album. So I went and looked at some of the lyrics and the lyrics weren't about, it was a deep introspection. You know, it's like, if uh, I don't know, I mean, the best way I could say it is like, if I exist, therefore I am. This but, is their Sufi album. <laughs> pardon? I said this is their Sufi album. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, so you know, it's, the, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. But can I exist and not be? <laughs> you know, like complex yeah, questions. Who you are, right? Who yeah, you are. Who you are. Yeah. So I immediately, like, I think, I think Eddie was so light years ahead of what we had, what we had to offer. Like I had to, you know, I mean, this as a listener, it's a journey, right? Like I had to listen to a whole bunch of weird stuff and come back to no code and say, Oh, (laughs) no code is great. Yeah. Yeah. Like Kobe Bryant rapping, right? That was the weird stuff you listened to before. (laughs) (laughs) You know, actually, I was going to say something like Apex Twins, but that's okay. I'll take Kobe Bryant (laughs) No, no, it's okay. We'll just put Kobe Bryant rapping. (laughs) Uh, Now, my favorite song on No Code was also My Own Prison. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, this was uh, no. I'm I'm kidding. My own prison was by Creed. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah, what a song. Okay, yeah. Now the funny thing was, my own prison when it came out, we're like, oh, Pearl Jam is back. They're back to making <laughs> ten and verses type songs, and we didn't know for the longest time, like for a good month or so. But then they're like, no, it's not Pearl Jam. This is Creed. Yo, uh, yeah, I was the same man. Like I heard a song called "My Sacrifice," uh, right? And I was like, "What is that?" And then uh, when I saw the video, I was like, "Oh, this is a different band." <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just I used to call them Pearl Jam wannabes with Eddie Vedder's accent. I can't do it right now, but I used to do impersonations back in the day. Right. And that was their name that me and Nabil uh, called them. You know. Yeah. Um, but there were many man, like uh, even like Nickelback, Puddle of Mud, Three Doors Down. They're all like trying to ape Pearl Jam in some way. Yeah. And I even Stone Temple Pilots, when they initially started. The first album. Yeah. The first album. Yeah. yeah they got slated for that. They're like, yeah. whoa, better change your style. And they did the change, yeah. Not gonna laugh. yeah. At that time too, you know, it's like, it was a no, no. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I want to say more to it because I think from the first album, Stone Temple Pilots to the next one, they got harder and which I appreciated more, but uh, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's another, you know, don't want to get into that tangent right now. So yeah, so my uh, no code has turned out to be one of my favorite albums. I I loved this album. Yeah, you know I have to agree with you. This is um, I liked it straight away when I heard it. Um, especially hail hail off mm-hmm. he goes red mosquito. Who you are just kind of blew me away in my tree and mankind. Right. Um, for, for the same reasons. And the thing is, at that time I was really getting into the spirituality and philosophy mm-hmm. through um, some of my friends and a fellow Pearl Jam listener. You know, my buddy Zuber, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, we were reading a lot of philosophy and um, kind of getting into the spiritual um, introspection that goes through a person's life right. around the same time and listening to Pearl Jam. So, mm-hmm. this, um, and just personally, it was um, it was a great album to kind of listen to in my room on my own, you know, oh, yeah. and just think, you know, yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. one of those albums. Yeah, uh, yeah. What? 
who you are or what? And then you kind of exactly. Ah, all right, all right. I see what he's trying to say. You know. No, I I think how it was parallel to what you were reading and how you were interacting with your friends yeah. and having that discussion and this exactly. album at the same time is just the perfect right. recipe. It's like a soundtrack of that time period. Exactly. You know, also. So yeah, the only unfortunate thing is I'm I'm so sad that I didn't listen to this album earlier, but you know, never better late than never, right? Yeah, exactly. Better late than never. You know, that's that's what this uh, this podcast is all about is right. going back and uh, catching stuff we missed. Yeah. Um, now from No Code, and the unfortunate thing was that No Code. This was also like one of their lowest faring albums. Um, it mm. you know. Uh, critics gave it whatever, but the the bad part is uh, the fan base. So much of the fans had checked out. I still have friends that they're like, oh yeah, I love Ten, I love Verses, but and they didn't even know that Pro Jam is still you know releasing albums. Yeah, you know this kind of reminds me a little bit of Radiohead, where Radiohead changed track and then people checked out. Yeah. Uh, and probably other other bands too have done that in the past, but not often. Like most bands, kind of stick to their formula or they deviate, but then they come back. But Pearl Jam seems to change, um, you know, regularly and still changing to this day. So. Yeah, it's um, it's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, but I, you know what? That's what I like about them. Yeah, you know, I don't want to hear ten now. You know what I mean? Like a new version of ten. Oh, I'd rather no. hear something different you know? yeah and it's 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 always i think it's so it's such a good progression you know it's such a it's it's how i think they're like a like a thinking man's band you know it's just like okay we're just mm. going to just progress we're just going to progress we're going to take all our influences and how we mm. feel today and just kind of go with that yeah i think they kind of um picked art over commerce um, mm-hmm. even though they did do well they could have done a lot better with videos and yes merchandising but i'm very um, impressed that they chose art over commerce and yet still made it to the rock and roll hall of fame yes and i think that's a testament to how you know how good they they were at what they did yeah i mean without a doubt pearl jam is one of the greatest rock bands mm-hmm. that ever existed yeah you know, if you, if you really follow music, it's it's just undeniable. You know. Yeah. Um, without videos, I mean, that's unheard of. Really, yeah. You know. And unheard of, absolutely unheard of. Because I think, at, at, at that time, you know, because things have changed so much now, I think at that time where videos mattered. Yeah, and not only that, they had a fight with Ticketmaster that, too. Oh yeah, so, that's uh, that in itself was a big thing. That reduced their sales, you know, yeah. uh, tour sales. Uh, but they didn't care. They stuck to their guns. Mm-hmm. So good for them, man. Good for them. Just it seemed like very honest, kind of down to earth guys yeah. that you could probably hang out with. At least I feel like that. I mean, you never know, right? Until you meet someone. Yeah. Seemed very relatable. Yeah. You know? uh, and and human, human, most of all. Very human. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the songs in No Code that stuck out to me, because it's, I can't take, I don't want to take what, it's such a, great album i can't take out one song and say oh yeah this is one of my favorite songs because i think it does it so much injustice to this album and but i really like who you are because that had all the band members were singing in that song 
and it was reminiscent of Kawali. Yeah, you know what? I never thought about this angle that you you know talked about Nusrat and the soundtrack he did, and then they made mm-hmm. this album. So I'm guessing he probably got some of these ideas from working with Nusrat, or maybe he got these ideas before working with Nusrat and wanted to work with Nusrat for right. that reason. But whatever the reason, seems to be some uh, introspection, personal introspection going on with the band, and then it reflects in this album really yes. beautifully. I think it was it was also I think you know I think Eddie was starting to change as a person as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can I can hear that. I was about to say see. I can yeah. hear that. I couldn't see because he wasn't yeah, making videos. Yeah, he wasn't making videos. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, now, moving on to Yield. So, for me, this is a very interesting album. Um, I used to listen a heck a lot of, out of this album in 2000. I loved this album. Um, Yo, same, same. Um, yeah. This is one of the first albums where everyone contributed to the song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you um, um, how did you find it different to No Code? Did you find it like it was more like a companion piece or like a progression or different? I'm going to say progression. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. So this is this is an album where they kind of get an idea. They're like, okay, we've made an introspective album. Let's try to make an album where it's more slightly more accessible. Mm, yeah, yeah. With the, uh, I felt there were still a few instru- um, introspective elements mm-hmm. within, um, like uh, say for example, wish list. You know, was kind yes. of yes. I wish you know it was kind of like a companion to who you are, but kind of like what he wants to be yeah. next. You know, or what he wishes he was, and uh, so I kind of found it a little bit companion, but I agree it was definitely a progression mm-hmm. and more accessible. Then say no code, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so you know, even um, and what you had mentioned about like wish list, again, these are like you know, questions about you know, who we are, what do we do, even the song given to fly. These are all, you know, songs that talk about who you know us as human beings. So yeah, I can't. Yeah, there. See, it's. I think no code. And yield is like you're right in a sense. It's a companion's piece because they're a progression. Ten and yeah. verses yeah. are in the same vein. I'm not saying they're similar albums, but they're in the same vein. So it's a different type of companion piece. Yeah, well said. I think that probably um, mm-hmm. sums it up nicely. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, for me, like uh, like you said, you mentioned a few, like Given to Fly, Wish List, Do the Evolution, MFC, Brain of J. But it's hard just to pick a few. I, I kind of yeah. like the whole album as well. So, And for me, it was the perfect time because I had turned 20. So Yield came at a time where, you know, even me, I was starting to like, oh, what does this mean? Where, where do I stand as a human being? You know, so I think it came at a perfect time yeah. for me too. And, you know, like as I said before, I only listened to Code once when I bought it. And I never listened to it again until yeah. like recently. But Yield was one of those albums because I think it was more accessible than No Code. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, absolutely yeah. was. Now, I've said a lot of praises about Yield and No Code. And I said they were very great albums, yeah. very fantastic stuff. But this is the latter part, right? And this is meaning that these are – it's everything that I'm listening to as a 40-year-old. So I'm going to tell you – 
what I thought as a 22 year old or a 24 year old ah, okay. was my favorite album. Ah, and that was okay, Binaural. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did it for you? What did it for you? Yeah, tell uh, us. Now, okay. So Binaural, I don't know if you notice, it's recorded completely different. Uh, yeah, it did sound different. I did notice mm-hmm. that. So it was the, the sound engineer, I forget his name. Uh, it, there, it wasn't their constant. Well, I think it was a Bri- Brendan O'Brien. Brendan O'Brien did most of their songs. He's done. He's been. I think he still works with them, and he still does a lot of their songs. Mm. But Binaural was done with. I forget the name of this recording artist, and it was done in an atmospheric fashion. So it was supposed to give like a a wall, uh, like right. a wall of yeah. sound, like be immersed kind of yeah uh, you know a little pink floydish or would you agree or disagree? Uh, a little bit like pink floyd concept albums kind of thing. yeah yes yeah. yes yeah, i, I yes. found that too I found yes too. so for me again uh at the time i was listening to like i had gotten the first like i and i bought i remember purchasing these together because Pearl Jam was so good. They would only they would release albums yeah, for, for me, $10. It was a, yeah, it was the same guy who were, just kept giving me the album. So when this one, I think this one came out yeah. 2000 or 2001, around 2000, uh, I right? I think it was 2000. So I'd just, you know, gone through the first, right. uh, you know, since 10 all the way. So I nicely kind mm-hmm. of picked this up as like the, you know, quote unquote new Pearl Jam album. <laughs> You know, because I was obviously right. late listening to Pearl Jam, so it was a completely different, you know, mm-hmm. experience. Um, and the first album right. we should say with Matt Cameron, who was the ex um, Soundgarden drummer who joined Pearl Jam yeah. and continues to be with Pearl Jam to this day. So. Yeah, uh, and I think which is a yeah, fantastic. He's addition. been there so uh, for a long time now, so uh, almost twenty years. Um, yeah. Um. And and uh, and I'm gonna add a few more things, and I want, and then I'm gonna. So as I was saying, so I made I made the purchase for nine dollars and ninety nine cents, and I also picked up Pink Floyd's Wall for also <laughs> nine dollars ninety nine cents. It was in the bargain bin or something. So right. listening to so my Pearl Jam uh, uh, question apt. was uh, <laughs> apt. You actually did pick up Pearl Jam. Sorry, uh, Pink Floyd was apt because yeah. you picked up Pearl Jam. Pink Floyd at the same time and listened yeah. to it at the same time as this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I I, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, to this day, I love this album. Love this album. It's so beautifully done. And, you know, again, they shied away from making hooks. They shied away from, you know, um, uh, making catchy songs. And it was just one of those things where you kind of immerse yourself into the music. And um, I want to hear more of your opinions. Like, I want to hear what what do what did you what did you how did you come across how did you feel about this album? Uh, so you kind of mentioned a few things about being a wall of sound. So that was the first thing that struck me. And I have to be honest, it took me a week or two to get into this mm-hmm. album. In the beginning, I was like, ah, what the hell is this? You know, this is different. Um, but once I got into it, I was really hooked by the song Light Years. That's what really right was my gateway into like taking this album seriously and um, loving it. Um, Better Man, Evacuation, Nothing As It Seems, Break or Fall, Soon Forget, Thin Air. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like more than half the album. So it uh, was another one that I loved. Um, 
And uh, I, yeah, I was the same as you. I think I liked it better than Yield uh, at that time anyway. Um, and it was amazing. Like, uh, I just, uh, and it was different. Like, it was away from that introspection mm -hmm. now. And, uh, but there was still a little bit of that, like, with Better Man. Right. Know? And uh, a bit of dark material, too, with the stuff like Nothing As It Seems. Yes. You know, um, which was... Uh, which was kind of unique and uh, a great addition to the album. Uh, yeah, it did it for me. It did it for me. I, I it was, uh, yeah, but it was Light Years that really, really hooked me in, into this. Yeah. And, and I think going back, you know, I mean, maybe because I'm old now, so my, my taste has changed a lot. And from the latter part, of Pearl Jam and I think um, and it sounds different like even like the albums that started coming after by Gnarl they sound kind of different I, mm. I want to say that these these albums as an adult they sound all both all three of these albums they sound so good they sound so fantastic yes, yes. You know, I mean, uh, you know, going between these three albums and Mikhail Hassan, I was like, oh, I'm listening to really good music now. <laughs> Glad to hear. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's quite, an, <laughs> I think we're probably the only ones who are like listening to the Pearl Jam and yeah. Mikhail Hassan <laughs> at the same time, but this team, there is a connection, there is a there's connection. a connection yeah. with spirituality, Intros yeah, introspection and musician. Musicians band, which is something you I don't want to take credit, you said to me about Michael Hassan, which is a uh, applies to yeah. Pearl Jam as well. It's yeah. This is the musician. It's a uh, it's a musicians band and also a thinking person's band. Yeah. You know, it's not um it's it's nothing's been force fed. They didn't play by the record company's rules, they played by their rules. Which makes it uh even more impressive where you know how revered mm -hmm. they are now, you know. Um you know, I think that David Letterman introducing them into the Hall of Fame is like, yeah. you know, for a band that never had a video after 10. Or they had a couple later on, like for mm -hmm. Backspacer and stuff. But, I mean, barely, barely yeah. any videos, right? According to, uh, you know, have uh, David Letterman introduce you. That's quite something. Yeah. You know. And the funny thing is they started making videos when videos didn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Towards <laughs> the end, right? Like, I remember like 2010, like, 2009, you know, Backspacer. Mm -hmm. There's a song called Fix It, or I'm going to fix I can't remember the right. name of the song. Um, and I had a video. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Eddie. <laughs> I was very surprised because I was like used to like no videos over 10 years mm -hmm. or even right. more, you know? Yeah. And maybe that's why they made it. Like you said, it didn't matter anymore. It wasn't about commerce. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a risk you take. And the payoff was fantastic. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. And it's, you know, uh, yeah. adding more to it, you know, I, I think that the progression, like you can kind of put no code yield and binaural to a, uh, a, a musician, a musician's journey. Yeah. I think a musician's journey and also um, yes. a human being's journey. And I, yeah. I, you know, the, the more we say the less, right? So now exactly. you know what. So exactly. now I wanted to ask you this question because now because we're we're thinking people, right? So 
Now, now this is a because this always struck with me, and uh, Noah Gallagher, who's I guess I want to say he's the smarter of the brothers. <laughs> it doesn't right, right? Much, but yeah. <laughs> so okay. now Noah Gallagher. So yeah, this yeah. is and we and we have discussed Oasis, right? And uh, and I said this to you, and I still you know yeah. I still think so that they're. It's a band that just, they had so much potential and they just wasted, either they wasted it away or whatever have you. They, you know, I mean, what it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really, I guess it doesn't really, um, you know, matter as much. But hmm. the funny thing is when you look at that band and this is what Noah said, listen, listen. When I released that first album, when we released that first album, all the way up until our last album, it was a journey. Even though my first yeah. album was spectacular, our first album was spectacular. It was amazing. It was one of the best albums of, you know, hands down, one of the best debuts. I come back and I still listen to that first Oasis album because I love it so much. Right? No doubt. Right? Yeah. No, no. Do you think it's fair? Do you think it's still a journey for Oasis, as opposed to like Pearl Jam? Because that's I can it's see it's easy to see the journey for Pearl Jam as opposed to Oasis. I don't know if you can do you see the journey or no. I see the journey, but the journey sucks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, it was a journey, but it was a journey into yeah. being mediocre. So. From being great to falling and declining, you know, okay, yeah, it's a journey, but it's not a good journey <laughs> overall. Right, right. Yeah, I think, and it's, yeah, to me, that's how I felt. I'm like, well, I'm sure it's a personal yeah. journey for you, but not for, for the us, listener. It's like, mm, <laughs> yeah. yeah, not for the listener. I would, I would yeah. have to completely disagree. No, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? There, I think that's, and I think that's, see, it's again, it just goes back to that thing, right? Like you can experiment, you can do all sorts of different things. Sometimes it's a hit or miss. Yeah. Um, but in the end, you still have to be a great songwriter or musician to pull mm -hmm. through. I think maybe that's what the difference was. Um, yeah. You know, Oasis were obviously limited in some capacity. Um, right. I mean, def definitely in musicianship. Um, and then maybe the songwriting just uh, no Gaga just ran out of ideas. I don't know. Um, yeah. But whatever it was, it didn't didn't quite happen for them to become one of those you know legendary bands, which they yeah. could have potentially maybe. But you know when you're kind of basing your stuff on the Beatles and that works in the beginning, you do have to evolve. Um, they mm -hmm. tried, but they just couldn't evolve in the in the way that the music sounds good. What what can you do, man? It's uh, it's a tough business. Yeah, it's a tough business. And, um, you know, I think um, even as I think a lot of it was, you know, fans and their expectations and what they wanted and what they got. Yeah. It's very hard to live up to that standard. It is. It is. You know, it definitely is. Um, speaking of, I didn't ask you, what did you think of the, you mentioned Mother Love Bone, but uh, what did you think of Green River yourself? Like Now, okay, so uh, two things. I did get to listen um, 
to uh, Mark Marin, who does a podcast. And I did get to listen to him interview the lead singer from um, Mud Honey, who was the lead singer in Green River, Green, right? Yeah, yeah, Green River. Um, here's what I think about Green River. So if I had listened to Green River 20 years ago, I'd be like, what? I listened to Green River as a 40-year-old, right? So this is – I spent a lot of time listening to debut albums by indie rock bands, right? And uh, some of them aren't that well produced. They're very, very challenging to listen to. Um, I listened to a lot of punk. So coming back, I felt it was very mediocre. Mm, yeah. I just didn't feel like, oh, there's something that stands out. I think both – bands that spawned out of that particular band i think their evolution was pretty damn good but um just these guys you know i mean uh, i think if you're from seattle and you're from that city and from that place then it's a great debut it's a great way to enjoy a band that's from your city mm. and everything but i think uh, i've heard I want to say, like, I think there were better bands out there at the time. Not to say that it was, but you could see, like, where Mud Honey was going with this sound. Mm. Yeah. It was kind of the pioneering of this sound. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I enjoy Mud Honey. I actually really enjoy Mud Honey. I, I recently, very recently, I got to, um, hear a few of their albums and all of them i thought oh these, these are really good albums i enjoy these these are so fun um i think they're reminiscent of iggy pop and the stooges in a lot okay, of okay i should try that because uh, i like iggy pop and the stooges. yeah <laughs> more punk i guess so yeah i'll, I'll uh, give that a go um yeah and they have that scuzz sound you know it's yeah, not uh yeah, kind of yeah yeah i know what you mean i know what you mean so yeah, I think it's well worth revisiting. I am, I'm um, Mother Love Bone. I'll probably listen to it again along with Hunger. Probably tomorrow I'll listen to more like uh, um, Temple of the Dog. I think that would be more. I think it's a little more fitting. And uh, you know, uh, and I wanted to add, like, I think it's um, it'll be fun to listen to say, a second part of this because those are Pearl Jam albums I haven't listened to too much of. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I have, but it'd be good to revisit those as well. Um, yeah. Uh, so one last question. Another question I had for you was, do you think Pearl Jam is better than Nirvana? Maybe a tough one. but <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to say yes. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. This is what I want to know. Why? <laughs> okay. The reason being so is that Nirvana only released three albums. Was it four albums or three albums? Yeah, yeah, I think three or four, whatever. So. Yeah, three or four. And um, when they first came out, and when Pearl Jam first came out, you could tell that this was a competition. You know, it's it was like um, uh like a, I want to say like a Metallica versus Anthrax or something like that. Uh, but when these when these two albums came out, when these two bands came out, along with Soundgarden, um, there was a, definitely a competition. And I think they were both lyrically in a similar vein. 
It's just Pearl Jam got a chance to grow. Yeah. Vital uh, um, Nirvana. We just know those four albums. Yeah. And um, and go, and just looking at, you know, even Dave Grohl, um, he, you know, they were gonna grow because even Dave Grohl grew. Yeah, I mean, aside from just aging as well, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that you too. Know, you're in the 20s. But, all those Nirvana albums are, they're all in their 20s. Uh, yeah. Early 20s, you know. Yeah. Um, the the first two albums, 10 and Verses, were they more accessible to you than, say, Nirvana's, uh, uh, in, was it Infecticide? or? So there was Bleach, insect, Insecticide, um, In Utero, and Nevermind, right? Those are the four, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so In Utero, like, say, like, In Utero, which is, you know, it's a difficult listen. In Utero, I have to revisit again. Yeah, it is a difficult listen. Um, yeah, I think they were more accessible, especially 10 was very accessible for me. Um, yeah, and I'm like you. I like Pearl Jam better than Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a lot more material to choose from, which maybe is not yeah. fair. But just overall, as a f- band, as a what it means to me, um, Pearl Jam means more uh, because yeah. of the growth, because of the introspection, because of the stance they took, um, and because they're still going, which I s- still find amazing. You <laughs> know. Yeah. There's only a few bands that last over 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a handful, right, to be fair. But yeah, overall, it doesn't doesn't work like that. You know, you, you have Rolling Stones, which is your exception. Uh, mm-hmm. but they've had so many, you know, they've had changes in their band as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just a testament of how good they are. You know, I mean, and that's hard to say because I love Nirvana as well. Nirvana's like, when, you know, they're at top five. Um, mm-hmm bands of all time so it's tough but um you know another thing is i saw them live um and they blew me away yes. live, and that's what really made them made me um appreciate them. right right um in 2009 or so uh, right right yeah uh, I mean, again i yeah, wish yeah just an example like my brother nabil he's like oh, i don't like pearl jam and i was supposed to go with my buddy to that concert and he pulled out so i took nabil instead and he became a mm-hmm. fan of pearl jam just by going to the concert you know, wow, isn't that great? He was like swaying to a live. I was like, you were dissing this band like two hours ago. <laughs> You're like getting up and swaying, you know, like yeah, what yeah. next? Are you going to take a lighter out? And, you know, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's good, man. like the guy, the guy, you know, Eddie Vedder just like won him over like in one night. <laughs> yeah. Because they're so bloody good. They are. And, you know, I think there's, I think there's a certain personality that can really enjoy Pearl Jam, yeah, and not just ten and verses. I'm talking about their ladders. Yes, yes, especially the ladder stuff. I would have to agree. Because mm-hmm. I think um, it's we want. I think you and I don't listen to music because for the sake of listening to music, it's like background noise while we're doing work, or just for whatever. We enjoy listening to music. Yeah, we enjoy the feelings that it evokes, and we so putting that into context, something like Pearl Jam. You know, it gives us that joy. You know, it gives us that you know amusement. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you're for the longest time I can remember, you know, you listen to albums. Like you're one of those guys. I mean, you listen to the entire Heine Kamosi album. <laughs> uh, I, unfortunately, I unfortunately, this is true, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I can't remember because I want I want to see was Ice Cube in one of the songs? Uh, no, he had that rapper Nine N I N Nine. Remember that guy? Okay, okay. Because <laughs> you said was it that when you said oh this is the best song on the album? Yeah, with Nine featuring Nine. I think it was called Hole in the Head. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I yes, yes. <laughs> Because I think I copied only that song from that cassette tape. So <laughs> you're a smart man, man. Other yeah. people, well, I took that suggestion, you know. Um, I also copied uh, LL Cool J's Candyman. Oh yeah, this is lyric soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, you know, I mean, so for a person that enjoys it, listening from albums from beginning to end, and then you know. That can, you know, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, you listening to that album is like me watching Al Hilal versus Al Shabab. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it takes a certain strong person to go through that. But, um, yes. you know, uh, but, you know, kudos to you. You did it. And then, so, so if you can do that and then do something where you, it's truly magical to listen to an album from start yeah. to finish, that's, that's you know that's genuine that's that's you can't touch that man that's gold yeah you're right it's um my thing is like what if there's a song mm-hmm. that I don't listen to and it's like the best song ever the only way i can know is to listen to every song i mean it's right, it right. That simple it might be horrible but how do you know unless you listen to it yeah i would have never gotten hole in the head on my mixtape no you wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to the entire LV album too? Yeah, man. Yeah. So, so the only standout track was what he rapped with Tretch, right? Yeah, and I think there was a version of Gangster's Paradise without Coolio. Oh, yes, yes. You're right, you're right. I'm the only one probably who liked that, but yeah. Did you like that version? Yeah. <laughs> well, I did no at the time. Coolio. I've never heard it again, but I did okay. at the time. Oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah, there's no Coolio. No, it's just him singing. <laughs> with a gangster paradise hook so chorus yeah yeah oh hmm yeah that's uh that's interesting <laughs> yeah we all have our crooks man kobe bryant so it's all we all go through it right <laughs> yeah you know um yes we do speaking of speaking of that era um and i forgot to mention this in the beginning of the podcast i was listening to will smith uh, Will Smith, the rapper. So was this Will Smith solo or jazz? Uh, as with jazz, with jazzy jazz, with jazzy jazz. Okay. And it, and I got through it because you know I was uh, just you know kind of youtubing some garbage and he was <laughs> uh, Murs, who's an underground rapper. I think he's from the West Coast, and he was talking about like, hey, you know what? Will Smith doesn't get enough credit for the songs that he wrote. And I had to agree with, you know, like something that was, you know, funny at the same time, uh, braggadocious, like, uh, uh, I, I, I bet I could beat Mike Tyson. 
All right, all right. Yeah, I've, I haven't heard that. I just heard a few songs. I'm yeah. not very familiar with the album songs, but um, yeah, I think part of there was some good stuff there, like Summertime, mm-hmm. uh, Boom Shake Room. Yeah. And there's another one which uh, I forget the name of, which is kind of like Boom Shake the Room, but he had that edge at that time. Mm hmm. A little bit of the edge, but at the same time, commercial. Yeah. I think there was potential there, you know, but unfortunately, I didn't really dig the Will Smith solo stuff that much, like the Big Willie and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, the only song that kind of Miami was kind of fun, but that yeah, was about it. There, there was just there that, I, and I'm I have to agree with you. Like it just it was fun. It got it, it those those albums were definitely designed for you know. I mean, it was a very that was pop music. Yeah, it was I pop mean, music at the time. I mean, we were talking yeah. about, you know, people like Kobe Bryant are making, you know, yeah. rap. I mean, this is the yeah, yeah, early that 2000s era. pop era. Yeah, like, like, the bling bling era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with the bad boy kind of started that trend. Yeah, and he was actually, he wasn't he a, didn't he have a song called bling bling? You know, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wasn't I was really listening to them. Yeah, I had pretty much checked out by then. I was like, okay, this isn't yeah. my cup of tea anymore. Maybe because I'm a poor college student. <laughs> yeah, I think I was in college too. I was like, ah, nah, man. You know, give me some gangster. Or, yeah, yeah. You know. I don't have money to buy <laughs> ice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> give me some more crown, you know. Yeah, and, and, even, and even if I had money... I don't think I'd buy ice. No, I've always never got the appeal of that. Yeah. Like, why not buy something functional like a car? Okay, if car I can get, you know, you drive it around. Yeah. But ice is just showing off, man. It's yeah. Like, there's not, what can you do with it? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, even a car, like, you know. House, you know, something. Yeah, even like a car, like a Bugatti. Like, you know, it's it doesn't seem like a functional car. No. No, not really. You could just get a fully loaded Mercedes SUV, and it's a comfortable car. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I wouldn't know, obviously, but it just yeah, it seems like okay. it's just excess. Wait, wait, wait! You that's do have a BMW, so that's your bling bling right there, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but that's not you know that's different to having like a Lamborghini or. Uh, Whatever the other cars are. No, but that's more. functional bling bling. Yeah, yeah, it's functional. It's definitely functional. <laughs> but it's still bling bling. I have <laughs> right, to, from me. now on, because you bought the Beamer, oh, uh, Ahmed Rasul went Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so next year I'll be wearing ice and. Uh... Yep. This is, this is your amplifier. Diamonds, Air Forces, or yeah, <laughs> amplifier, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, your namesake, Imran Khan, the legendary. <laughs> yeah, one day we'll do a podcast on that guy. Uh, I think not. <laughs> <laughs> we can do a collect. I think it'd be. I think it's fair to say, you know, the bling bling, bhangra hip hop hybrid era guys, and just throwing like four or five of these guys together, like how we did. The forgotten heroes of <laughs> right hip hop. Yeah, yeah, so you know, I think we, they, they would they would be in that. Category. 
All right, man. I guess uh, yeah, I've uh, I've got nothing else. Uh, anything? No, else to I add? think that that's it. No I'm looking forward to doing part two of this. I think uh, uh, just recounting. I mean, um, we have part two of U2 as well. U2 in the '90s, and I think we have part two of um, yeah. I guess uh, part two of uh, this as well now. Yeah, yeah, we should we should definitely need to remember remember to do those episodes. Uh, speaking of episodes, this is our tenth episode. Oh wow, wow, wow! We're at big one zero. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so it's a good, absolutely a good time to reflect. Uh, you know, it's been a quite a mm-hmm. quite a cool journey doing this with you, and I'm glad we got into double figures. Yeah, and, and I'm really happy that we um, kind of uh, uh, even both of us we've progressed. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's part of. You know, I think uh, we found a formula that works. Uh, you know, we um, we kind of uh, bounce ideas off each other, and it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, now I really look forward to it. You know, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that, all I have to say is, everyone who's listening, keep listening. And if you're not listening, start listening. <laughs> yeah, and leave us a review, please. Yeah, leave please us a review. give us some feedback and uh, stuff you want to see changes. Um, you know, maybe some artists you want you want us to cover. We can always take it consideration, right. of course. Um, but just don't say Ron Khan or Jazzy B. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Next week you're going to yeah. be here. Canada. Um, actually, this well, this yeah, Sunday starts the new week, right? So you're going to be here. Yeah. Um, we haven't. We, I'd love to do a live one, so we haven't decided. The subject matter. Um, I would like to say, hey guys, uh, if you want to post on Facebook, if there's a band you don't want us to talk about or whatever, we'd love to do it. But uh, yeah, so we've got uh, and uh, we've got a pretty good. Uh, we might do a live one. I would love to do a live one if we can. That would be yeah, awesome. we'll we'll try to make it happen, and we'll try to make it happen and figure out uh, what to do. Um, but yeah, it's been great, and. Uh, Keep listening. That's all I can say. Stay tuned. Um, catch us on their Facebook page. Um, you know, send send your messages through there, and uh, we're out.